Verbally Effective, episode 25, your double E, Ina Esco, in the studio with Miss Kim Thomas of KP Fusion. Hey, lady, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm so glad I got your creative self in the studio with me today. Thank you so much for having me. You know, this has been a long time coming. I know. And, And so I finally got you booked. I know. And you're here. Now, Kim Thomas is a lifestyle photographer visual content creator based in Memphis 10. How long have you been doing this whole lifestyle blogging world? So I actually first started blogging on MySpace back in the day. Really? Yes. Um, Have you ever heard of the blog called A Bell in Brooklyn? I have. So one of my friends sent me one of her posts um, back then when it was just really, it was like, oh, 70809 and she was like I need you to read this because a lot of her dating stories makes me think of the ones you tip because I have just the most random and randomest issues with dating life. Really? Girl, I got some stories for you. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I started reading hers, and of course you know she started hers based off of Sex in the City, which is I love Sex in the City. Like that's my life. And you look at it differently the older that you get. But Mm -hmm. and so when I read that, I was like, well, I can do that. I can talk about my stuff. And so on MySpace, when I first started blogging, I was doing talking about relationships, dating, friendships and things like that. And I did that for about 18 months. Mm -hmm. And it went from MySpace to me um, starting a blog and it was called This Is Me Then. Okay. And so it was just, I was like, well, I can document, you know, me growing up and the experiences that I was having with people. But then I started to get bored because you start to, well, hopefully you start to realize you're going through some of the same things over and over and over. And I was like, okay, how many times can I talk about this? <laughs> like, the, you know, the, the places and the faces are changing, but like the situation is the same. Mainly the same. So it's like I started getting bored with it, and I always loved fashion. I always loved reading and magazines and things like that. And so blogging was um, starting to become big, and so I started doing researching on it to see what I would need to do. And I was like, well, do I need to write like I write for Vogue, like very highbrow and things like that? And I was like, that's not me. And so in the process of me researching this girl on Twitter, which this is why I love social media. I've been on Twitter since like 07, 08, like way back. And so this girl, um, her name is The Honeybee, uh, she ended up sending me this blog, and she was like, I think you might like this. And the blog was called Cupcakes and Cashmere, and it was by Emily Schumann. Okay. And so Emily started blogging back in 2008, and she's one of the kind of like OG pioneers of blogging because she was one of the first one that combined fashion and lifestyle so it wasn't just look at my outfit but it was like this is my outfit but I'm also going to this restaurant I'm also going to this event this is why you need to go here go there and then she also would like you know talk about like popular trends and things like that and so I ended up um and by then this was 2010 and so when I looked at her blog I was like this is like I'm reading from a friend and so every night when I would get home from work and running errands I would go through her archives and so I went all the way back through and from that that helped me to figure out you know what I want to write about how I wanted to do things and then September of 2010 I launched KP Fusion. So it was launched in 2010 mm-hmm. and you've just been on the go ever since. Yes, and it's it's evolved over the years. When mm-hmm. I first started blogging, there outside of like 
my bio photo, there were no photos of me. Mm-hmm. I only talked about things that I liked, things that were interested interested in me. I even talked about celebrities at the time because I didn't necessarily want it to be about me per mm-hmm. se, but I wanted it to be about like my ideas and my thoughts because I wanted to be a stylist and um, everything. So I was like, I can put all these ideas out and hopefully as I'm trying to be a stylist and things like that, I can use this platform as a portfolio. Definitely. And the only time you would ever see a picture of me is if I went to an event and then I would get somebody to take a picture of me so you knew that I was actually there. Mm-hmm. But I started getting, i say about two years in, um, I started getting opportunities to where like I did a couple of um, interviews with a couple of sites and things like that. And so I was like stepping out a little bit more mm-hmm. and then I started getting hosting events about three years ago. Okay. And I was able to go, like, I went on the news, um, hosted a couple of events with Macy's and Wolf Chase. And I was like, okay, so people want to see your face. Mm-hmm. They like you. They like your personality. It's time for you to step from behind the camera so much and put yourself in the forefront. And it's been very, very hard because I like being behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so it's an adjustment, but I enjoy it. And I have a lot of fun with it. And it's been pushing me out of my comfort zone with a couple of things like what I wear, where I go, mm-hmm. how I do my hair, things that I try. And I'm happy that I made that decision because it's only been good since I've done that. Well, good, because I want to see your face more, <laughs> Kim. <laughs> but look, before we go full throttle into um, your business and how you transition into blogging full time, describe your life before you became a blogger, because there are probably, I know, tons of people out here that want to blog, but just don't know how to you know, transition into doing what they really want to do. So mm-hmm. how was your life before you started blogging? So I have lived many lives. Girl, uh, I, I, <laughs> I always tell people that because I never knew what I wanted to do. Like I knew, you know, once I graduated from high school, you know, you go to college, you get a job, you get a degree, you do all of this, 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 but I didn't really know. So I just really went wherever the wind blew me. And it was like whatever opportunity or whatever job I have, I'm going to make the best of it and I'm going to try to move up as high as high as I can so you know I've worked in hospitality um, for the longest I worked in um, healthcare management I actually did contracting for a 10 care plan for six years mm-hmm. um, and after we lost our contract and the company closed a year after that I started working more I had been working part-time in retail and I had been doing that for a couple of years just you know do that after my eight to five and I got into a retail management and I became a man and got in management, but I still needed an outlet. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I actually started my blog. And like I said, it's evolved over time, but mm-hmm. in the in the beginning, it was just an outlet. It was just something for me to put things out because when I would talk to my friends about certain stuff, you know how like, depending on what you like, you have certain friends. I can talk to you about this. I can mm-hmm. talk to you about this. Definitely. I can talk to you about that. But you don't necessarily have people all the time that completely 100% get it. And I was like, I need to get this out of my head. (laughs) Um, And even though I'm in a smaller market, I still know that I have something to say. And so that's what kind of pushed me to go ahead and start my blog. And it was just, I had to do it. Mm -hmm. I just had to, you know, think about what I wanted to write about, what I wanted to, you know, share with people and put it out there. And I was like, I hope people read it. But if they don't, I'm still putting this out for me so I can get this out of my head. Now, have you always been a writer? Have you always written? Yeah. 
Um, okay. I used to keep journals. Um, okay. You know, in school, we, me and my friends, we would send each other, you know, three, four, five page notes to pass <laughs> to each other out. Yes. Um, you know, the notes that you write to your boo and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. And so I always loved to write and things like that, but I just always kind of kept it to myself. Okay, well, good. Now now that you're getting it on out there, I mean, was it hard? Like you said that you, you had, like, regular jobs. Was it hard when you made that full transition into blogging, like getting that consistent check? You know what I'm saying? Knowing when you're going to get paid. So, into giving that up to do your dream. Unless you become super, super huge, there is no consistent check with it. Like, you have to hustle. Like, if you want it to be just a hobby, you're just doing whatever. But if you're actually trying to monetize it and make money from it, mm-hmm. you're constantly looking for different um, streams of income. And you can do you. It doesn't just have to be, you know, working with a brand. It can be event hosting. It can be um, doing, you know, ads and sidebars and things like that. It can be consulting because you've, you know, you've gathered so much information about blogging that other people want to learn about. And so they are hire you to help them figure out how to get their blog done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been one of the biggest misconceptions with blogging because people think, oh, okay, if I just constantly put up all these posts and I put a thousand ads on my page, that's it. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's, it's very, very hard, but it can be whatever you want it to be mm-hmm. if you know how to work it. Okay. So for those who don't know the true definition of a blogger, explain to everybody what a blogger is in full detail. Like if you could say it in layman terms for everybody. So a lot of times people feel like a blog is something separate than a website. Like say if you go to, you know, Cosmo, you know Cosmo.com or you go to Glamour.com. It's the same thing. The only thing is that with a blog, it's coming from your perspective. And so it's about what you want to talk about. Now, it it, it could still be dealing with pop culture. It can be dealing with a specific industry. But it's coming from you and your thoughts and your opinions. Now, that makes you different from a traditional website and like a press release or something like that when you're sharing information from other people. You can still share that, like, because people will send you, you know, press releases when product launches and, you know, TV shows come on. But then how you talk about it is what makes it personal. And that's how people end up connecting to you. Is because you're giving your personal. Right. You're giving your personal opinion. And depending on what you're trying to do with your blog, you can put yourself into a position to where you're considered an expert on the topic. Because in addition to the information that people are sending to you, you're doing research. Mm hmm. And so that's that's really what a blog is. It's not, it's a play it's a platform for you to be able to share your personal thoughts and ideas and creativity with other people. Okay. So you love blogging, you love fashion. Um, I know like when you post pictures on your Instagram, it's very eye catching to me, just like Thank you. the scenery that you chose is mm-hmm. popping, you know, something is is I'm intrigued by your pictures. I mean, how would you describe the Memphis blogging scene here the fashion scene just the whole community of fashion bloggers here in Memphis it's growing when Mm -hmm. I first started there really weren't a lot of people um, that were into blogging or if they were doing it it was more so um, a lot of times when people get into blogging it ends up being like DIY crafting type things but dealing with fashion blogging it was very, very small. Um, but as I started to grow and to get invited to events at stores and things like that, that's how I started connecting with other people. 
Um, and even in my old jobs, like when I was working at Banana Republic, one of my clients now, who's also one of my um, blogging buddies, and then she says that I'm her mentor. Um, her name is Quanisha. Her blog is called According to Q. Oh, I like her. Yeah, I, I, like her I met her while I was working at Banana. She ended up coming in. She was shopping with me, and we started talking, and we started when she needed a photographer. We started working together, and since then we've actually become friends. Like we're texting each other, talking about stuff, mm-hmm. trying to meet up, go to places, and things like that. And we were able to connect um, through that industry. Um, and even another person that used to blog, she actually used to shop with me. Um, her name is Laura, and her blog is called Walking in Memphis in High Heels. I follow her. Yes, I didn't know that she was a blogger until um, there was the Maywell opening in. Um, Saddle Creek and mm-hmm. I went I got invited to the event and I went to it and she was there and I was like hey girl you know what are you doing here and she was like oh well I've been blogging I was like what right and so um, that's how you really start connecting with people going to different events and you start seeing people and now some bloggers can be very socially awkward like they they have a huge personality online but if you see them in person <laughs> they may not say anything to you you may, may be like you know are they mean? Like, what's wrong? And it's like, no, they're actually just socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully for me, I'm okay with talking to people. Like, I'm a natural introvert, but I had to, through through my career in healthcare management, actually, I had to learn how to speak up for myself and to step outside of my comfort zone and talk to anybody because I never knew what questions I would be asked. Mm-hmm. And so that helped me to where I can go out and I'll talk to people and it's like, we can be friends, or this may be the only time that I will ever see you in life, but let's talk, let's chat, let's have fun, because it's supposed to be fun. It doesn't have to be so serious. Mm-hmm. Do you like getting with all of the different bloggers? Yes. I mean, it looks like you guys have a good time. Yes, I have so much fun. <laughs> I have so much fun with the people that I've um, that I've met and I've become friends with over the years through blogging. Like, it's there's a difference, because, of course, we talk about life and the things that we're going through, but... It's refreshing to be able to talk about the industry and strategies and Mm -hmm. things like that Um, because as you start to grow and um, you get, and especially if you get invited to like events and things like that, those brands and businesses are always looking for new people to work with Mm -hmm. Um, because essentially also if you're trying to monetize your blog, you are doing marketing and advertising and PR. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're always looking for people. So as you connect with other people in the industry, you can end up finding out about different opportunities that you may not have known about just because that person, you know, didn't know who you were. You weren't on their radar. But that 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 blogger can be like, you know, hey, I'm doing this, but do you know about this person? Because if you're looking for more people, they're in the same niche as me, um, and they do something that's kind of similar to what I do, but in their own unique voice, and it could be somebody that you want to partner with. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, like, with, I always go back to Laura, for example, a lot of the opportunities that I got um, when I first started kind of like getting a little bit more buzz, they, it actually came from her when mm-hmm. she would because she has a huge blog. Mm-hmm. And so she would get opportunities that she couldn't do because she worked full time. She would recommend me and she, awesome. she yeah, she would text me or email me. And she'd mm-hmm. be like, hey. I got an email about this. I can't do it, but I told them to go and check out your blog. Now, she couldn't guarantee that they wouldn't necessarily reach out to me, but she would recommend me, and I appreciated that so much. So mm-hmm. I, in turn, try to do that anytime something comes my way, and I know people are looking for um, other bloggers here. I'll be like, hey, here's a list of people that um, I know that are blogging, that are active, their content is good, um, it may fit what you need. Check out their Instagram, check out their blog, and sometimes, you know, I'll throw something at them and they'll bite and that I'll end up talking to that person. I'll be like, 
did such and such reach out to you? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, yes, yay. <laughs> because, you know, it, it, it makes That's the community awesome. grow. Yes. Now, like, when we talk about blogs, like you said, they'll say go check, your, go check her Instagram or her blog. Can you have a blog strictly on Instagram or does it need to go to a site? Or is it all up to you? So over the years, because everybody's addicted to social media, um, Instagram has become like the number one platform that everybody is on. Other platforms will pop up like for a second, you know, Snapchat was popping and everybody was trying to get their Snapchat on. It's like you need to follow me on there. But because, you know, it's not permanent, it would still always go back to Instagram. And so you have some bloggers that have grown huge followings strictly on Instagram. However, you always have to remember with a social media platform, you do not own it. You Mm. do not own that content. And so if someone decides that they don't like your account or they try to hack your account or anything like that, you can be flagged and your account just disappear. Like um, Fashion Bomb Daily, they had gotten to a little bit over one million followers and then one day it was gone. Why? Because they were no, solely No, she does on... not know. She's trying to figure... She's still trying to figure it out. It may what? have changed, but she's still trying to figure out what happened because it was just gone. Um, I saw a couple of other bloggers because I handled the social media account for a couple of businesses. And so you go through the following to engage and stuff like that. And people are sharing in their Instagram stories, please go and refollow my friend. You know, they had gotten to 70,000 followers and somebody hacked their account. Now, the reason why a person would hack your account is because they would sell the account. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they would hack it, sell it to somebody else who then in turn deletes all of the content, but they still have the following. Mm. And so they, they in turn start creating. And of course, you know, if somebody realizes that they're not, um, they weren't following you. They'll unfollow you. But that's how they. Um, oh, bloody. Right. It's like it's some <laughs> sneaky stuff that people do. And so I always tell people, um, and I've been like that from the beginning, like even though I know Instagram is so huge at the end of the day, you do not own that platform. And I say look at your blog. Look at it like a meal. Your blog, that's going to be your meat and potatoes your social media, that's going to be all the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Always focus on your blog first because you own it. You control the narrative that you put out. You put all your content there, and that's your footprint. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's anybody that gets on the Internet and that's looking for something. If you know how to go in on the back end and do all your SEO keywords and things right, that helps you to build traffic for people to find you. Put it on your blog. You can always put it on social media, but mm-hmm. put it on your blog. Put it on there first. Feed it out to your social media, but always get them to come back to your yeah. site. Oh, because yeah. all of the the bloggers that have been around for a very long time and that are still here and that have been able to make businesses out of it, what if they, they've turned into brands or they're still just making money off of their blog, they still blog regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram, but they still create their content. Because on your blog... You got to think about it. When you're on Instagram, how quickly are you scrolling through pictures? I'm boom, 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 How many boom, pictures boom. do you like? Not all of them. And how many pictures do you like, but you don't necessarily tap that button? A lot. So people are missing out on engagement. But if I go back to your website, if I really, really like the type of content that you have, I'm going to go to your website, and I'm going to your, go to your website. And on there, you can expand beyond that one picture to Mm -hmm. where you can you know put all the links that you want to and you can actually do your storytelling there versus versus just trying to put something that's going to be a snapshot in somebody's eyes for Mm -hmm. six to eight seconds that make a lot of sense and it's like you broke that on down 
and and I and I try to sell it because the the platforms as well they're trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do. They're trying to make money, so that's why they keep changing all these algorithms and they want you to promote and boost and do all that. That's why so many bloggers now are actually starting to freak out because their engagements are going down mm. because people they're following. A lot of people, if they don't do the research, if they don't know about blogging, now with the changes that they make, since it's gone from being in um, chronological order on Instagram, only 10% of your following initially sees your posts. Mm -hmm. If you don't get high engagement within that initial like 30 minutes to an hour, the rest of your followers may not see it. If you get engaged, and so of course that's why they're always saying, you know, you have to make sure you create stellar content and do all this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you don't get that immediate engagement, if you don't have a following that's like, I got to immediately like it, the rest of your following is not going to see it. So whereas you were initially getting, like say if you got a huge following and you were initially getting 10,000 likes on a photo, you may be lucky if you get 1,000. Wow. Like it's so many. And of course, a lot of them too are buying followers and those are bots, but that's a whole different, that's a whole, that's another, a whole story. different other story. Mm-hmm. But it's severely affecting people's engagement and they're doing it on purpose because they want you to pay to play. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, my audience isn't seeing this. I need to boost my post. I need to do mm-hmm. this. But you're boosting your post to people that have already opted in to like you in the first place. It's mm. not to new people. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Wow. So Instagram playing the game with you so you can spend that money on that advertising. Exactly. But you said if they don't initially, if, if the person that follows you don't immediately like it anyway, how can you engage your your followers to immediately like something? Or like, you know, if I'm a blogger and I want them to immediately like something. You well, you'll, you'll notice that um, that's why so many of them start going to their stories and they're like, you know, turn mm-hmm. on notifications or they're like, they may put like, got a new post in the feed and they'll put all these things up because more people will see your Instagram stories because there's it's immediate and it keeps your, every time you post something, it keeps it at the top of people's feeds. Mm-hmm. But you can still look at it, and if you don't love it, you still may not go back to their feed. And so you have to push even harder and wow. just try to create even better content than what you are already doing just to get people to see it. And it's it's not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to creativity because it makes you get better at what you're mm-hmm. doing. But, again, you're doing all of this on a platform that you don't own. Mm. Mm, but if mm. I'm getting the traffic and you're coming back to my blog, guess what? I can use those analytics for when a brand approaches me or if I decide to pitch myself to a brand and be like, you know, these are the numbers that I get on Instagram. These are the numbers I have on Facebook, but this is the traffic that I'm getting. These are the po- type of content that they like. These are the posts that they like. This is what I can do. This is what I can create. Mm-hmm. This is what I charge. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. She got her shit together. She got her shit together. <laughs> let's figure out. Let's figure out some type of campaign. Yes. Now, um, you know, you just discussing the analytics. I mean, that really kind of breaks down to people that may be aspiring to be a blogger, how important it is to keep up with that, because that is what you're showing people to help you monetize what you're trying to do. And your engagement Mm -hmm. is much more important than your numbers. You know, your numbers are good because they help put you in front of more people. But if people aren't engaging with it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. If the right people aren't engaging with it, it doesn't matter. Like, I can have 20,000 followers, but if they don't care about what I'm posting or they're not clicking on any of my links, I'm not making any money. I can't work with any brands because my engagement is non-existent. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you know who you're creating for, who you're talking to, and be as specific as possible so that 
as you're putting stuff out there, whether it's you're working on a campaign with a brand or you decide to launch your own business, when you're creating it for somebody specific, then those are the people that are going to support whatever it is that you do. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what's helped me is that I have a dedicated following of people who they're all, and it's not just bloggers, but it's, you know, normal people a lot of times. So just a caveat and do the sidebar thing. A lot of bloggers are in like comment pods and things like that because it's like they're trying to get the engagement. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, so we're going to do this post and you're required to like this post or add a comment because mm-hmm. it's going to boost my engagement. Mm-hmm. Your blogger is boosting your engagement. So it looks like, oh, wow, she's got a hundred, you know, come however many may be in the pod. But they're doing that because they have to. So your numbers are kind of screwed up Mm -hmm. and if you're selling a product they're not buying it they're just commenting so that you can come back and comment on theirs wow so Mm. this gets detailed yeah like it's it's serious (laughs) and so like i and you know i have my little rants and stuff about it because i've been doing it for so long and i Mm -hmm. hate to see people get so caught up on Mm -hmm. the wrong things when at the end of the day Create great content, engage with your following, you know, nurture their audience that you have now because you you do that with them. It's only going to bring more people to you. Yeah. And that's how even with me, I'm even on my Instagram, I'm not even at 3000 followers, but I get invited to events. Sure I, do, get, I do sponsored posts. I work on campaigns with brands and it's not just local stuff. Um, it's it's Macy's, mm-hmm. it's Red Book, it's Shop Bob. It's like I put a post up today. It was with Gigi's Cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm able to work with brands because I have real engagement with my followers. I respond to comments. I talk to people. I go on other people's pages and mm-hmm. comment and like and do all that as well. And so that helps me in the long run to where I don't have to have a big old huge following because mm-hmm. I'm getting the engagement that I need in order for a brand to be like, okay, I'm going to get some return from that. Let's work with her. Right. And you know that you know that. Mm-hmm. It's like you know you don't have to have all those followers to mm-hmm. handle your business and monetize you off your blog. You just got to have the right followers. If you have mm-hmm. the right followers, the right audience, then mm-hmm. you can do anything that you want to do. So it sounds like um, an aspiring blogger first needs to know that very thing. Right. What type of audience you're trying Who to capture. are you creating for? <laughs> you don't want to create for everybody because if you try to create for everybody, you're going to miss things. Mm-hmm. Think about when you go to the mall. So if I go out to Saddle Creek, there it's the mall. There are clothing stores there. But if I go into anthropology, what kind of clothing am I going to get there? Right. <laughs> if I go to Maywell, what am I going to get there? If I go to Banana Republic, what am I going to get there? Each store, yeah, they have clothing. They're clothing stores, and they're for women. But each one, I know if I go to Anthropology, it's because I want something that's fun and whimsical. Mm-hmm. If I want Maywell, I want something that's going to be my, my everyday essentials that are a little bit more elevated. If I go to Banana Republic, yeah, I can find some cute stuff for, like, fun, but essentially I'm going there to find my workwear. Mm-hmm. And so in each one of those stores, they've branded themselves that so you know – they are the authority when it comes to this. So this is when you need this in your life, come to us, come shop right. with us. And whenever they try to deviate from that, they they do suffer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because while I was working at Banana Republic, I saw it firsthand of them trying to deviate the brand. Um, like they tried to take out suiting at one point because of the creative director that was in place. That's in our DNA. How can right. you take that out? Mm. And that was probably one of the shortest stints for a creative director I have ever seen. Mm. Um, and so they pulled her back out. They put those suits back in place and they've adjusted over the years to kind of go back to what, you know, they were known for. And they they've been able to 
to shift, but they did some damage to their business. Mm-hmm. J. Crew did the same thing. It's like so many brands to do that. They try to deviate from who they are because they're trying to reach every person. They were like they were trying to reach the millennium. It's like that's not no 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 no. You tell people what they need to come to you for, mm-hmm. and so you do that with your blog. If you have something that you're really, really good at and knowledgeable about and you know how to create and you have fun with it, focus on it. Do that and create for the audience that loves those things. Get as specific as you can, not just, you know, with her name, but what industry does she work in? What's her um, what type of income? Is she married? Is she single? Does she live in the country? Does she does she live in a metropolitan area? Like what will she need? What will she want? What does she like? What does she read? Mm -hmm. When you get as specific as possible. That lets you know, okay, I know that she reads these type of magazines. Let me read them to see what they're talking about because I can pull from that to create my own thing and do my own twist on it so that she knows, okay, I can look the magazine, but let me go to your blog because I know you're going to be talking about this and you're going to be doing it in a, in a way that I can really, really relate to. You're probably going to have products that I can actually afford. Mm-hmm. And so that's why people will start coming to, to you for that. But if you're trying to cover like every single base, people are going to be like, eh. That's too much. It's too much. You're doing too much. You're doing the most. (laughs) Now, Kim, how would you describe your blog? Like, I mean, what type of audience are you trying to capture? So I always say that my blog is, um, it covers of the moment um, fashion and beauty style um, and tips with a little bit of Memphis flavor thrown in. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I have my personal style posts. Um, I'll talk about trends um, and shopping and things like that because I love to shop. But I also want to be able to show Memphis through my lens. I'm born and raised, and over the years, I've seen the city change so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times, we can get a lot of bad press about, you know, crime and things like that. But there's so much more to the city than that. And so I want people to be able to come to my blog and be like, okay, I like all the other fashion stuff she's doing, but I also like what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's always finding some cool place to go, some yes, cool place to like shop. like some places I've never seen. Right. I'm like, okay, okay, and that's, that's what, kept secret. And, and, and that's, what I, <laughs> that's what I love. Like, it makes me think about, I put a picture up the other day of this um, pedestry called 17 Berkshire. Now, I know the owner because one of the boutiques that I shoot with she also has a T-shirt line that we carry. And so I knew, and I I, I met her that way, and then when I found out um, that she, you know, did baked goods and pastries and all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. I would go to different pop-up shops. And so she recently opened up her first brick and mortar, went to it, got some treats, and I posted the photo, and it got reposted on another account. But the people that were following me, I had a lot of people say, Oh, my God, like I did because I took a great photo, which I was very proud of myself, mm-hmm. pat myself on the back. But they were like they didn't know that it was there. They didn't know that it it had opened and she had been busy. So her following knew about her. But I was like, I was super excited because my following was exposed to something new. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, oh, my God, thank you so much for posting about that. And then I ended up seeing them going to it and, and you know, tagging photos and telling me that they went to it. And I'm like, yay, that yes. makes me so happy because it was a way for me to show, look at this cute little shop. Like, mm-hmm. you don't normally see places like that here. Or if you do go to a restaurant, you know, this is what you need to try because I tried this. I loved it. This is why, you know, go on this day. Or if you want to, you know, about a museum exhibit that you didn't necessarily know about, but I've seen it. This is the stuff that I like. Go on this day, like, 
if you don't have it in the budget or whatever, go on mm-hmm. this day because it's free and you can still go in and get the culture that you want, but you're not necessarily feeling like you're breaking the bank or doing anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's the type of blog that I I I, tr- I, I, I want mine to be. I mm-hmm. want you to be able to come to it and, like I said, see the fashion and the beauty and the products and stuff like that, but also see my city through my eyes. I, I can definitely attest to um, seeing the city. I mean, I want you know, people different to, places. Like, yeah. I didn't know that existed. Right. Like, my my blog is going to be for someone that's interested in Memphis, whether they live here or they live in another city, and they're interested on what to really do. Like, what do the locals do? Like, yeah, I know I already know about all the touristy spots. They're everywhere. But mm-hmm. where do the locals go? What do they like? What do they do? Let me let me go to her blog and, and see about that. So, And I just try to do it in a stylish way. So do you love Midtown versus what, what what area do you love? I do I know you do a lot of Midtown. What about downtown? Which one do you love the best? Or so, is it neither one? I live in I now live in East Memphis. I live in East Memphis because I'd moved there to be closer um to my job at the time and I just haven't left. Like I've been on my own now freelance um for two years a little over two years. Mm-hmm. And so I just never left because the Rent just is a little bit too good for yes. the um, the size. Like I got a really nice size apartment, mm-hmm. and I'm not paying what you would typically pay if it was in another part of the city. So I'm good for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spend most of my time in Midtown. Like Midtown, I figured it was Midtown. Downtown is growing, but Midtown to me, Midtown is Memphis. Like. Mm-hmm. That's where you go if you want to go shopping or if you want to go and get something. If you want to, well, if you want to go shopping and not necessarily go to a mass retail, if you want to find a cute little boutique or something like that, go to Midtown. Mm-hmm. You'll always find something. There's always a cute little bar mm-hmm. or restaurant, patio, cool mm-hmm. drinks, things and like that. It's growing too. Right. It's growing to where Midtown. you can actually get it. And I like because you can get out and you can walk around. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so it makes you feel like you're in a different city because Memphis, I always say Memphis is a it's a large city with a small town mentality. So you have that connection with people because you're always going to see somebody that, you know. So it's always like, you know, hey, neighbor. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> there are a lot of things that are starting to happen to where it feels a lot more metropolitan. And that's something yeah. that I really, really like. I like to hang out in Midtown. Now, something that you mentioned um, a little while ago was a pop-up shop versus a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. Which one do you think has the more advantage or are they just two total separate entities in themselves? I feel like it's two two, um, totally different entities Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes you just don't have the money for the overhead. So if you can find a business or a space that will partner with you so that you can do a pop-up shop, Um, think about the possibilities that you can have for decorating it because it's just going to be for a short amount of time. So mm-hmm. you can allocate funds to get, you know, like the best flowers, the best decorations. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be able to get in a little bit more inventory for whatever it is that you're selling. And you can do it that way versus when you have your brick and mortar, you're kind of tied to whatever that aesthetic is going to be. Mm-hmm. So depending on what you have, what you're selling, um, you can go Either way. Do you find yourself shopping with a lot of pop-up shops? I do. Um, I like the little pop-up shops that come up. Um, I like supporting small businesses Mm -hmm. Um, just because I'm, you know, I'm a small business myself. And so if I, in turn, can support somebody else, that makes it to where they can continue to support other people and it just continues to trickle 
mm-hmm. trickle around and helps with the economy. Now, I noticed you were in New York not too long ago. Did you get your fashion on in New York? I did. So so I love the people watch. Um, now, we I hate that when we went to New York uh, because we had some issues with the um, with the travel agency that we used that we, half of us missed missed um part of the day huh? yeah we didn't well we didn't find out till six o'clock in the morning that some of us were not going to be getting on the plane oh, um, oh. and so but it, we were able to work everything out um but that first day we missed so much time so some of the things that we had planned we weren't able to do but the next day we were able to get out and I was just happy to be there. I was mm-hmm. just happy to be able to walk around. It was cool, so I had my jacket on because mm-hmm. I love cold weather. <laughs> so we walked around, and I people watched, and I saw just so much great style. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to plan another trip so I can go up there in the fall when it's a little bit more cool mm-hmm. um, to actually, like, walk around, play, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully do some shooting and stuff like that. Don't Wouldn't you love to go, like, to Fashion Week in New York? You know, <laughs> when I first started blogging, Like most fashion bloggers, that was the goal. You want to go to Fashion Week. But now, because bloggers have so much influence, it's about them outside the shows versus Mm. them actually, or them sitting front row at the show versus the show itself. Mm. Like bloggers have affected, they've affected so much when it comes to the way that um, designers release their collections. Um, Even with magazines, like if you don't notice, a lot of magazines, they aren't as good as they used to be because they're trying to compete with a blogger, but it's like you can't because with a blogger, it's immediate. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they are working on uh, with a campaign, a campaign on a campaign, it's gonna be the turnaround is gonna be a little bit quicker than it is gonna be for a print magazine. Even mm-hmm. though they have different lead times and all that type of stuff, I hate that that has affected it so much. Even though I am a blogger, because I miss going through magazines and just constantly, you know, tearing out sheets to keep for my own little um, portfolio for mm-hmm. inspiration. Because I'm like, that looks like a blogger. I can just go to, you know, I know what blog influenced you with that particular mm-hmm. um, photo shoot. Let me just go to their website and look at it because wow. they're doing this every day. I ain't just changed the whole game. Right. It's it's affected it so much, um, and I hate that. Hopefully, it's gonna tilt back um the other way in a couple of years so if i'm ever i get i do actually get invitations to shows even though i'm here and i'll get the emails and i'm like y'all unless you're gonna (laughs) fly me out there okay i can't come right now Mm -hmm. but i do appreciate getting the invitation because one day i would like to go to a couple of shows Mm -hmm. uh, but that goal to doing that it's not it's not there anymore what about Memphis Fashion Week? Are you very active in that? Yes. So mm-hmm. Memphis Fashion Week, um, I've been going to, I missed the first year. First year um, I did, this was year seven. But I've been going to it every year after that. Like a couple of my friends worked on campaigns. They, they were the photographers for the campaigns. And so I saw that they were accepting, you know, applications for press. And I was like, well, I blog about fashion let me apply. Let me see. Let me let me just see. And so I applied the first year and I got the pass and I was like, okay, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then um, I didn't really know anybody um, affiliated with it. And so then the year after that, I went and I was still working full time at Banana Republic and I killed myself. Like I was able to get my job to work with me to where I had the same shift all week so that I could go to all of the events. Mm-hmm. And I would go to work, change clothes, fly down the highway um, to get to the show, 
or whatever the event was, go there, take pictures, mingle, get home, edit the photos, write the blog post so that the post would go up at 8 a.m. the next Girl, morning. you was working that year. Girl, and I did that that year, and it, I didn't realize the impact that it would have, but with me doing that, even though they had photographers and stuff there, my turnaround was so quick because mm. I was treating it as if I was like, I'm real deal press. Like, mm-hmm. this is a fashion show. This is what I saw. And I was turning it around so quickly that they had content to share on their social media channels mm. to other people saying, this is what we did last night. You know, we still have tickets to this come out. And they shared every single post that I did because I, I spread, I made sure I did it on purpose mm-hmm. to spread everything out to get more like you know, media bang for my book. Mm -hmm. And they shared everything that tripled my traffic for the month. And after that, I started meeting different people. They were like, oh, I've heard of your blog. I Mm. saw this, you know, we have this event, come here, come to this. And that's kind of like how I started getting connected with a lot of the local um, businesses and stylists and makeup artists that were here. And then um, not this past year, but last year I actually was invited to shoot the campaign because by then I had transitioned into doing um, photography and I had connected with um, the organizer, Abby Phillips. And, you know, I would always go to events, speak to her, be friendly, you know, let me know if you need anything. Mm -hmm. I figured out how to network with her in a way to where she would always feel like she could, you know, ask me to help her because, and I genuinely enjoyed doing it. But just by making little connections and planting seeds, that helped me years down the line. And so mm-hmm. I I will always support Memphis Fashion Week because it's so much more than what people think that it is. And one of the things I also appreciate about it is that you see so much style that you typically would not see in Memphis. Like a lot of people are like, oh, people in Memphis aren't stylists. Yes, they are. Mm. <laughs> oh, there isn't any money in Memphis. Yes, there is. It just depends on the events that you go to. And depending mm-hmm. on the type of event that you go to, you will see things and you'll be like, oh, my God, you know, she looked like she just stepped out off of a plane from New York mm-hmm. because she's just so chic and just put together. And it's just, you know, she works for an advertising agency here mm-hmm. and things like that. But I just never typically wouldn't see her because we're in two different industries. Mm-hmm. Now, when is Fashion Week, uh, Memphis Fashion Week normally? It's used, It's always in the spring. It's either going to be... The, either one of the last two weeks in March or like one of the first two weeks in April. Mm-hmm. But she typically tries to have a, have it around the same time of year because, of course, they have to do, you know, their, their pitching and things for sponsors and mm-hmm. getting their campaigns together and things like that. But it's always in the spring around that time. But yeah. I know they probably continuously do things mm-hmm. throughout the year. Yeah, she um, works to try to help, to offer programming, especially for small businesses, because with Memphis Fashion Week, one of her goals is to help those designers that are showing, because not only is she showing, not only is she partnering with either um, an independent designer or she's partnering with a boutique or someone else to bring um, one of the lines that they carry to get the designer to bring in the full collection for spring and to show but she's also has an emerging designer project to where people can apply for it and they can actually show their their collections. And if mm. there's someone that's, of course, you have some people that they are just doing it for hobby, for creativity, but you have some people that are actually trying to create a line from it. Like my friend, um, Andrea Fenice, who she's also a blogger as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for a period of time, she was doing design mm-hmm. and she showed one year and she, you know, was able to actually, you know, afterwards do the pop-up shop. And she had had clientele 
but that was they were she was able to expand her audience from it from appearing during Memphis Fashion Week. She knew how she kind of already knew about marketing and advertising and all that, but, and we would always talk about it. But that was just like a little boost for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she until she transitioned out of it um, last year, she was able to to use it to her advantage. Wow. I mean, Kim, you are so knowledgeable about this whole lifestyle blogging fashion world. And I know you do your own workshops. So tell us about some of the workshops that you have going on. What can we expect from a KP Fusion workshop? So when I first started blogging, because blogging, um, there's so much information out there, but it's a lot of it's still very very vague and you have to be careful um because a lot of times people will sell workshops and you know e-courses and things like that it's like, a lot of that right this is how you can make money blogging but they're not actually make you you're not making money from blogging you're making money from telling other bloggers how to set up um email funnels oh, wow. with other bloggers to make money Mm-hmm. That's not the same thing as making money from blogging. Exactly. You're making money from blogging from doing, you know, affiliate linkings, from doing sidebar ads, from sponsorships and, you know, um, partnering with brands and doing, you know, event hosting and things like that or speaking engagements. That's how you make money from blogging. What a lot of the courses are selling um, in which you if they'll kind of tell you and you will start to realize um, a lot of them are reading from the same script to where you will know that's not something that I need to pay for. I need to go and look for somebody, something else. And so I spent many, 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 many nights on Google looking up certain things because it's hard to find solid information. And Google was my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, okay, if I'm doing this much research, I know other people are doing as much research. And I know other people want to get into blogging. So by then, like I launched in September of 2010 I did my first workshop in January of 2015 it I've been wanting to do it for about a year before that but I wasn't sure if I was knowledgeable enough to do it but I started realizing okay pay attention to the conversation that you're having with your friends about blogging and I was like you actually know what you're talking about yes you do so I was like (laughs) you know what if I do a workshop how do I want to do it what do I want to cover and I actually you know creating an outline and everything so that I could make sure that it would be worth somebody's time. Um, And I try to break things down in layman terms, depending on what it is. So right now, since I started, I now have three different workshops that I do. Mm -hmm. I do one, which is a basics of blogging, which basically helps you figure out what's a blog, where to blog, when to blog, you know, how to, how to blog. And so it's helping you figure out not just because most of the time, if you Google how to start a blog, they're going to tell you, Get a domain name, figure out hosting, um, figure out what platform that you want to be, what you want to be on, get a logo made, and that's <laughs> it. And it's like, okay, that's helping me figure out my website and web design, but I want to blog. I'm going to help you figure out what do you want to blog about. You can say that you want to blog about fashion, but what related to fashion do you want to do personal style? Do you want to talk about celebrities? Do you want to talk about it from the industry aspect um, and dealing with marketing and what's going on um, with trend reporting and things like that? Like, what do you want to blog about within an industry? Because most of the times when I would ask people that, I would get, um, I don't know. And I was like, they just want to blog, but they don't (laughs) know what. And so I figured out, so I created a workbook with the basics of blogging to, to do things so that by the time that you leave, 
you will have a clearer understanding of what you want to actually blog about. You will have an idea of articles that you want to write and what you need in order to create those articles. And then it's just up to you to finish everything to create it. You will have an editorial calendar, everything, and now it's just up to you to execute it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next one that I I decided to do was with monetization because a lot of people were stuck on trying to figure out how can I make money from blogging. Now, you do have to realize that you're not going to automatically make money from blogging just because you decide to put up a blog. It takes time and it takes a lot of work. But you can make money from blogging, but it's also not just from ads and sponsorship. There are so many things you can do with your blog depending on what you're blogging about. Because I've seen bloggers go from just sharing things that they love to them actually creating product lines. Mm -hmm. Like I always talk about Emily Schumann with Cupcakes and Cashman. When she first started blogging and she actually started to get traction, she partnered with um, Coach. Coach was one of the first major brands to work with blogs. And they worked with four different bloggers to create hand, create handbag lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so each one had their, they designed their own bag. And hers was one of the top ones and sold out. So from that, she started doing capsule collections with different people. She's released two books. Mm. Um, and now she has a, she actually has a cupcakes and cashmere line that sells clothing and homeware and home goods that's sold through wow, Nordstrom. really capitalized. Right. She she is now a full-fledged brand, and she still blogs. And, of course, she brought other people on to help support it. And the content shifted a little bit because she grew up. She also became a mom. Mm-hmm. But just from her starting a blog from, you know, just because she was bored at work and when she would have downtime, she was able to make it into a brand because these were the things that she loved, she had a good eye for, and she was able to, you know, do the whole licensing deals and mm-hmm. to create her own thing. So you can do that and still make money from blogging but and it may not necessarily just be that traditional sense but it just d- depends on what you're interested in mm-hmm. and so I kind of cover all of these things because I've met people that you know they do health and wellness and they don't realize that you know they can teach their if they, they can teach you how to make things or they can um, make their own product and they can figure out how to sell it on their website and to, because again with blogging you're doing marketing and advertising. So you're figuring out how to do that, and you're doing it on your own platform to where you're always getting that traffic from that. And then the one that I'm doing now is dealing with photography because as a blogger, because you're doing marketing and advertising, you look at things a little bit different because you're trying to – you're always shooting a – basically, you're always shooting a campaign. Everything that you create is a campaign for something, whether it's your advertising the clothes that you have on or you've partnered with somebody. And so – I wanted to help people, real normal people, get better with taking photos. I want you to, I also show you how to create better content, and we cover a couple of things. Um, So it's not a traditional photography one-on-one, but then I also go over, you know, what you need to know with your aperture and your shutter speed and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also give you hacks so that at the end of the day, okay, I need to shoot this. This is what I'm going to be shooting 90% of the time. This, these are the settings that I need to do in order to get the Im- type of images that I want. And so once you figure out how to do that, if you're really interested in it and you love it, you will start doing it. It'll motivate you to do it more. And so the more that you do it, the better that you get. The mm-hmm. better that you get, the better your content gets, the more you can start working with brands and other people because they're like, wow, you know, I love the type of content that they're creating. Mm-hmm. What do you enjoy more, blogging or photography? Or are they kind of like hand in hand? They're hand in hand <laughs> um, because with blogging, I'm I'm sharing my thoughts, my creativity, mm-hmm. um, but with photography, 
um, I'm kind of doing the same thing and I'm helping with storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they both push me in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Now, which workshop is the most frequented? Would it be the monetization one? Surprisingly, no. No, no, it's the no, how to block. And it's because dealing with here, um, people are still getting into it. And they're still trying to figure out. And a lot of people, too, they are just blogging for a hobby. So they don't really just care about it that much. But it's I get a lot of responses from the one-on-ones because people want to launch a blog and they're just not sure where to start. And then now with the photography one, it's kind of picked up tra- traction because people are like, okay, I need to be able to take pic- better pictures because I understand that at the end of the day, if my pictures don't look good, nobody's going to want to look at them. Nobody's going to like them. So mm-hmm. let me figure out how to use I bought this camera and I don't know how to use it. Let me get somebody that actually can tell me as a normal person, not as a mm-hmm. photographer, but as a normal person, how to use my camera so that even if I'm not taking pictures just for my blog, but I'm going on vacation with my family mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that I get some quality photos that I can get printed, I can go to them and um, figure out what to do. Now, does it really take like an expensive camera, Canon, so and so and so and so to take a good picture? Yes and no. Okay. So, iPhones are are amazing. Yes, um, they are, girl. And your biggest thing is going to be your light, your whatever your lighting source is. Okay. I will always tell you to use natural light. Don't turn on your flash unless you're in a setting that require requires it. Like we're in a studio right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably use a flash if I needed to take a picture of you just to make the lighting a little bit more even in here because you don't want to have any harsh shadows and lines and things like that. But most of the bloggers that are big and that are really working with brands, a lot of them, they do have a, if it's not a professional grade, it creates professional looking photos. And so you can get a starter camera for like three or four hundred dollars. If you're somebody that's not afraid to shop used, you can get them from cheaper than that. Like the camera that I use now, it's a um, I'm a Canon girl and I have a 5D Mark Mark II. If I bought it full price, it's two thousand mm. dollars. I found it on eBay through a camera shop for less than eight hundred dollars. What? And what of course, um, there are a couple of things that could be tweaked, but for the most part. It's good. Mm-hmm. And with the lenses that I that I use, I've been able to find outside of one, all of them I've gotten them on sale and I haven't had any issues with them mm-hmm. um, just because I'm on a budget. Mm-hmm. And um, if I, you know, if I if I had the funding and I could buy brand new and it wouldn't affect anything. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to do that because you want something mm-hmm. new, but you don't have to necessarily buy the, the brand if you're not afraid of it. Um, but you can get a starter camera and then just get a really good lens because that's what's going to make the difference. That's what's going to um, change how your photos look like. A lot of people, they'll be like, I want to make, you know, how do you get the photo with the blurry background? That's going to be the lens that you use because mm-hmm. that's going to affect, you know, how much light you can let in, how um, quickly it's snapping, what your f-stop is, all these type of things, mm-hmm. and which I explained in the workshop. And that way you can take better photos and you will see the difference from you using the lens that typically comes on cameras. It's like night and day. Mm -hmm. Because I remember the first time I used something, I was shocked when I actually learned how to use the the new lens. I was like, whoa. You could see the big difference. I was like, yes, this is what (laughs) I've been looking for. And so... After I saw that, um, and because I do, you know, take photos of other people and I use my camera so frequently, the more you use it and the more you learn how to use it, you can tell when you need to upgrade Mm -hmm. because you'll start feeling like, okay, this is limited for what I'm shooting. 
I need to figure out what else do I need? What is my next step? And so I always research and I look for people who have the type of career that I would like to have with my photography. You know, what are they using um, for when they're shooting certain certain things? And so that's what's helped me when I've decided to upgrade my equipment. Mm. Well, see, we can learn so much in your workshops that you provide. <laughs> and I've and they're fun. They, they seem fun. Like, I'm very, I'm very laid back. Um, mm-hmm. I love to laugh. I'm silly. I'm goofy. And I want you to have fun because it's mm-hmm. just a picture. Right. If you take the picture and you look crazy, delete it and start over. I do start that. Over. It's been times that I've taken pictures of myself and mm-hmm. I've been like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, the picture that I put up um, with the the Gigi's Cupcake. I can't tell you how long it took me to get that shot. We take a lot of pictures before Girl, we finally decide on that one. <laughs> like, that one, I had my tripod set up and my um, I need to get another remote because um, mm-hmm. mine broke. And so I was having to do the, the, the setting where you, you put the time, self-timer. Girl, I was hot. I thought somebody took that picture. No. You look, you set up the whole thing. It t- and it took me two hours to get this shot. And that's what we can learn in your workshop. Girl. Too. <laughs> and, and, and that let me know, okay, you need to go ahead and any you need to go ahead and get another remote because the run the back and forth running that I was doing, mm-hmm. because I had ten seconds and I had to be at a certain angle and I had to make it look like I was just sitting there and just mm-hmm. hanging out with the cupcakes and these look great. I was tired, I was hot, <laughs> people were calling me and I was like, What do you want? Let me call you back. I'm trying to get this this picture and with I found cupcake. Girl, I was like, I don't <laughs> want no cupcake after this. <laughs> But well, of course you I need that cupcake, cupcake picture, honey. <laughs> you work for that shot. Thank you. Thank now, you. I've also noticed you've been frequenting Graceland uh, yes. a lot lately. You have a partnership with them. Could you tell us about that? So the power of social media. Um, one of my friends, his name is Michael Butler. He I is, you know, Mike mm-hmm. 1901. He's a That's mess. He gets on my nerves, but I love him. He got a cute blog too now. Yeah. And so, you know, he does photography as well. He has a full-time job, but he 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 loves to shoot. And so that's how me and him connected because he was like, he liked my work. He reached out to me and we kind of like started working together. And so he actually works with Graceland. He shoots with them regularly for like their product shots and things like that. Um, for their social media and so they were interested in shooting a commercial and initially he actually asked me about models and I gave him some recommendations and he just couldn't find people he couldn't make it work with the models and so they actually um, recommended him reaching out to an influencer which is another name that they call bloggers and so they were like you know what about what do you think about doing with it he was like I know somebody that could be the other person. And so it was me. And Mm -hmm. so we actually went to an event together. And at the event, he was like, so you want to do a commercial? And I was like, what? (laughs) And he was like, yeah. I said, you mean you want me to be in it? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess. And he was like, yeah, you know, you'll get paid for it and everything. And this is what we're doing. This is the concept and things like that. And so... We ended up going to a meeting with um, their uh, marketing company to discuss what we were going to do. And he had to come up with the concept, the storyboard and everything. And so we shot for three days, um, just going to different places and things like that. And so the commercial actually finally got approved. Okay. Um, So I know that it's going to be used on social. Um, I got to find out if it's going to be used on um, TV as well. But I was just excited from that. And so... But in the process of meeting them the day that we had the conversation about us actually working on it, we were having just a conversation about blogging and things like that. And I mentioned the idea of workshops. And they were like, you know, if you ever have an idea and you want to do something, just let us know because we like partnering with bloggers when it makes sense. And I was like, okay. And so I had been wanting to do a meetup for a while. 
but I couldn't figure out where. And I was like, you know what? Perfect. Let me pitch this. And so I pitched it to them and they were like, okay, we like the idea, but they made me flesh out my pitch even more. They were like, we need to take it to our higher ups so that they can feel like it's worth it because they had had, um, unfortunately, they had a bad experience with some other bloggers before. Mm. And so they were like, you know, why do you think we should sponsor it? What would we get from it? And so I had to flesh out a, a, a real pitch to, the, you know, this is why you're getting brand amplification. You'll be able to get, you know, user-generated content that you can use on your own. You know, a lot of the bloggers that I work with, um, they also have full-time jobs and their jobs are always looking for things for conferences and, and things like that. So that could be a place that now puts Graceland, the guest house at Graceland on their radar. And it's about more than just Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay. And I got it approved. Sold. I got it approved. And we <laughs> picked out, we ended up having to change the date at the last minute. Um, we picked out a date and they were like, okay, this is how many people that you can invite. And um, I sent out invitations and you had to RSVP. It was private mm-hmm. uh, because they wanted to make sure that, you know, it was controlled and it was handled properly. And mm-hmm. they saw that I was on the same page with them because I was like, I want my bloggers, people that I love and that I like, but I want them to also be one stick get it so they know that you know okay i got invited to this event i'm a blogger slash media let me make sure that i take my pictures let me make sure that i do my instagram stories let me make sure i do my tagging and my hashtags and things like that so that they will be able to track it um and then hopefully find content that they in turn could use on their own social media channels and Mm -hmm. it it turned out pretty well look at you and so um I have um, one more thing that I'm going to do with them. Um, We just got to figure out the date for it, Um, and it's specifically with my blog. But um, they also have some other – the marketing company also have some other properties that they work with, and so we're trying to figure out possibly doing some other things I can see some more partnering in the future. Yeah, I want to take – KP Fusion on the road. I yes. Want to do some traveling. I so see it coming. I've done it before. I was able to go to um, St. Louis a couple of years ago to review a whole uh, restaurant in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to show up and everything else was covered. And I was able to take my best friend, who I sometimes list as my assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, <laughs> you know, can I can I bring my assistant with me so she can help me get my photos? And they were like, yeah. So it was like a ro- basically a road trip for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, a lot of times when I go to things, if I can't get um, an in, like I've had an intern before, but if I can't get any, get things, if she's available, she will play my assistant, and mm-hmm. she gets to come and do stuff with me, and I love it because I get to hang out with my best friend. Wow. Hey, Candice, I love you. <laughs> Candice, like, yes, I'm the assistant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, are there any, I guess, brands that you haven't worked with that you would love to work with right now? Yes. Top three brands. Target, because I live in Target. Target That's is so Bay. Much. Yeah. Um, Old Navy, because... I also love Old Navy. Um, It's part of the Gap Inc. brand. And, of course, I grew up with them and I worked with the company. But Old Navy, like, that's where I get all of my denim from. That's where I always Mm -hmm. tell people to go to get their denim. I'm wearing their denim now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I I just, I love their clothes and the quality and the price point is Mm -hmm. really, really good. Um, And then beyond that, um, who else would I work with? Because they're so... There's so many places that I like to go, and I love to shop. Um, Probably any type of beauty brand, Mm -hmm. just because I love makeup. At one point in time, I wanted to be a makeup artist, and I actually, like, I have a portfolio for it and everything. I worked on a couple of photo shoots. 
Um, so any type of makeup brand, which um, I've worked with Clarins, um, I've gotten a lot of product from them um, to create like little looks and things like that to test out when they launch new products. And so I would love to do a campaign with somebody that's related to beauty. Like I use, and I use everything. Like I use CoverGirl, Maybelline, to MAC, Too Faced, Fenty all of that. Beauty. Fenty Beauty, like all of that. So mm-hmm. I don't discriminate because that pri- when it comes to makeup, that price point doesn't always matter with everything. Oh, you can do drugstore or high end. I've like I've tried some high end stuff that was trash, and mm-hmm. I've tried <laughs> like like my go to um, primer is from Rimmel, and it's six bucks, and oh. it's the big. Be- if you have oily skin, that is the best primer that you will ever use in your life, and it will make your makeup just last forever. Mm. But now. I'm sorry, go ahead. But then it's like with um with some other things like when it comes to like brow products and things like that, I am stuck on MAC. Like I went to Anastasia for a second, but I always go back to my MAC spike pencil because it's bay. It's bay. Mm-hmm. Now, do you get a lot of free products from doing all of your blogging? You get a lot of free stuff. I do. Now, I slow down because Initially, when you start getting the emails, you want everything. And you say yes to everything. And mm-hmm. you're like, yes, send me that, send me that, send me that. But then I had to take a moment to go, let me make sure that it's going to be worth the time that I have to devote to actually showing it. Because oh. even though when you're on, you don't necessarily. Now, sometimes when they when a, when a brand emails you, um, and if they're just sending product out, they're sending product samples, some of them, they will say, you know, this is in exchange for a blog post or Instagram post. But then you also have some that they're just, they're, it's called seeding, and they're just doing, um, sending out, they're just doing press. And so they just want to get it into as many hands as possible in hopes that you will re- do a review or um, take a picture. And so I just have to look to make sure that it's something that I will actually really like, mm-hmm. that I actually really use, um, it's quality, and that the amount that I get will be worth the time for me to actually, because again, it's I'm basically shooting like a campaign. Mm. Did you learn a hard way with that when you first started blogging? Um, Not the hard way, but it was just one of those what I was creating was just okay. Like mm-hmm. the photos were just okay because of the type of product what it was what it was. And I was like, I want some stuff that's a little bit prettier. Right. Like the because the packaging and everything, because you start at the the more that you grow and you get better at your photography and your quote unquote creative directing, you start thinking about I want to make a really pretty picture that people are just like, I wanna use that and I wanna share this and put it on Pinterest. And so you start going that's not going to look right. That doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't necessarily fit my brand or I don't need it. Like right now I get a lot of um, hair care and skincare stuff. And it's like, I have found my products that work for me. <laughs> I don't really need that. I don't want to deviate from it because every time I try to, I end up not liking the results. So um, mm-hmm. I cut back on that. But a lot of times if I get like, um, like body care or makeup, um, some clothing, things like that, I'll go, okay, I can, um, I can do that, and that'll be worth it for me. Wow. Now, I know you get invited to a lot of things, Kim. What has been some of your most memorable events? Um. Well, here, now, I had fun when the um, new Brahmin store opened in um, Saddle Creek. Mm-hmm. They hosted a dinner at the Second Line, and initially, now, first of all, that day was a busy day for me because I had to go to three different events. I had to go to a book. Well, I didn't have to go, but I wanted to go because it was fun for me, and it, 
I was Carrie Bradshaw in my head. So I was like, you have to go and be a socialite, do all these things. And so I went to um, I went to a book signing and then um, one of my friends had a pop up shop at, at um, Philip Ashley's. He does. And the guy did jewelry design. So I was like, I want to go and support him, found me some earrings. And then I had that dinner that night and it was at the second line. And I thought that it was just going to be a meet and greet because a lot of times when they have events like that, it's just a meet and greet. No, we actually had a sit-down dinner, um, specialty cocktails. They oh. gifted us things, and it was just pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that they decorated everything was just really, really pretty. And I actually got to sit with um, the PR company that was over it. I actually, the, the guy that um, actually goes out to scout the locations where they will open up the next one. Um, so he travels all around the country. I got to meet with him and then the lady that's over the PR company that handled everything. I actually got to sit at the tape with them and talk to them all night. Oh, that and was so, good networking. Yeah. So it was like I was able to network with them about the brand. But then I was also able just to talk to them about what they were doing and how they handled everything. And then we were talking about life and things like that. Like it went beyond that. So it was just mm-hmm. a really good, fun night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Also with the Memphis Fashion Week, I always have fun mm-hmm. um, doing stuff with them. Mm-hmm. You seem like you always on the go. I am, and I'm tired a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a grind if you want to be a blogger on Kim's level. Like that's and that's the biggest thing, and that's what a lot of people. Um, because I've you know I've heard little things and comments that people have made. You know, how does she get to do all of this? How does she? She doesn't have a big following, so why is she invited to all these places? It's because I know how to network. I know how to talk to people. And I'll go to, I'll go to an event and just, you know, say hello to the people that are organizing and letting them know, you know, I like something. Like even now with, I, so, you know, I shoot with Crazy Beautiful. I first met the owner through my blog at an event that she was having um, her stores at another location. I was like, I hadn't been there. It had been open for a couple of years and she was having an event. I went in, I met her, talked to her, and I was also trying to be a stylist at the time. And so I went in, talked to her, uh, met her, and I was like, you know, what's your pool policy? Um, And she was like, I actually haven't been letting people do pools in a while, but there was something about me that she liked to where when I actually had the opportunity to actually do my first professional photo shoot, when I reached out to her, I was able to do a pool. And so it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And we ended up connecting through that and I would go in periodically to shop and then just talk business with her um, because I was also fascinated the fact that she owned a clothing boutique mm-hmm. and so we always stayed um, connected and then so with Banana when it came time for me to to, to decide if I needed to leave because there was a little controversy there mm. um, but it's all good everything's good everything's good. great mm-hmm. um, I reached out to her and I was like you know are you hiring? Because <laughs> I wasn't fully ready to go out on my own. And she was like, actually, yeah. She was like, I want to get my online store back up. You know, let's meet and chat and talk. And so that's how now, like every once in a while, I'll work in the boutique now. But I mostly just do the shooting and um, the social media. But that came through my blog just from me going and just opening up my mouth and talking to people. And that's how I end up connecting with a lot of people to where we may not do something together till you know three four five years from now but i plant that seed i i I plant that i start that relationship off and i always you know go back in and check and try to support to where even if i can't necessarily financially support i can't buy anything at least i could come and you know there's a body there there's a picture taken there's something like that and i can share it with different people Mm -hmm. and hopefully you can use the images um, or either somebody will see it and they'll go okay i need to go there and check that out 
Do you have any issues or have you ever had any issues with people stealing your pictures offline, stuff like that? Sometimes I've had it um, not necessarily stealing, but just like they may not credit me for it. Mm -hmm. And so, but. Is that considered stealing though? It depends because depending on what they, you know, how they're using it, because a lot of times it's just them promoting something. Um, and I don't mind people using it if I'm credited because that puts my work on more eyeballs. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, it just depends on what it is. And most big brands now have gotten to the point to where they're either going to try to work something out with you to where you can be paid um, for them using your photo or they'll let you know, hey, we like your photo. It's considered user-generated content. Would it be okay for us to regram or reshare it on our so other social media channels? And you have the right to say no. Mm -hmm. You have the right to tell people, you know, if you don't want people to use your photo to take it down. Like, a lot of photographers I know, they put watermarks on their photos. Mm -hmm. I personally don't like how it looks because I feel like it takes away from the quality of the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, everybody, had, everybody has their thing. For me, please share my content because if you – put it in front of the right person, that could potentially be a client or um, a brand or somebody that I can work with. So I'm, long as you credit me, at mm -hmm. some point, tag me, do something, I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that because of, you know, what you do and the content you put out of there and so many people, you know, screenshot and take pictures yeah. all the time and repost. So, yeah. you know, I was wondering how that affect the blog. And with, with most bloggers too, their biggest thing is as long as you credit me or tag mm -hmm. me that, you know, I am the source of where you got their photo, they're okay with it. Traditional photographers, a lot of them have a bigger issue with that, and that's because they go down the route of doing, like, the licensing mm -hmm. um, and things like that. And so they're like, this isn't paid for, this isn't covered. If you're a brand or somebody that's using it, you need to pay me for its use because this is licensed out to somebody else for something else. I don't do that because of the type of clientele that I have. However... I do have a contract in place in the event I do work for a company, and it has to be something like that. Wow. Now, what do you think about this? Okay, regarding fashion, mm -hmm. what do you think about these celebrities? Do you have, like, a favorite celebrity, I mean, that you look at for fashion? And what are your least favorites, too? Like, what do you think? So, <laughs> for me, my... My celebrities are bloggers. Okay. Um, it ends up shifting because you look to other people for inspiration. So we're like, like, of course, I love Beyonce. I don't love everything that she wears sometimes, but I like the risks that she takes with some things. And I like, like, the texture or color combinations. Um, and then I love some of the stuff that Rihanna wears. Oh, um, mm. Like, those are some of, those are, like, two of my, those are my girls. I love them. But there are a lot of, there are a lot of celebrities um, especially when it comes to artists, they don't necessarily have a brand, um, so their looks aren't cohesive, and I don't really like that. But with a blogger, when a blogger has a brand, you kind of pretty much know what to expect from them. Like, I actually just put up a post just about Instagrammers who style that, like, I can't get enough of because I like their style. I like the way mm -hmm. that they put things together, um, whether it's something that's, like, super editorial, and I might not necessarily wear it, but I'm inspired by it, and it'll... Mm -hmm push me to you know like try a different type of accessory or a different type of shoe or things like that so I look to like a lot of um, bloggers a lot of editors like everyday people like some of them like um, Kalana Barfield that works for InStyle I like her style um, and she's technically not a celebrity but she is a celebrity because she's an editor mm -hmm. 
Um, but like the traditional, like when you think about music artists and things like that, I don't really follow a lot of what they wear because I, it they don't have good style to me. Like it's just okay. No like, inspiration. It's there. not inspiration. Like sometimes a lot of it is it's too sexy. Um, mm-hmm. which there's nothing wrong with being sexy, but it it it's just it's just not it ain't cute. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only other way I can think to say it. Like it's it's just not cute and it's not cohesive and it doesn't necessarily fit with what they're trying to do and what they're trying to put out. So like award shows, you know they do the red carpet. Are you? It's so are you? Boring. So you don't. So you're not. I look. I look at uh-huh. it and stuff like that, but it's so boring yeah. now. Like all of them are trying to look the same. And like and you know, That's years true. ago, I was the person that every Sunday I would go and buy an Us Weekly, In Touch, and Life and Style magazine, and I would pour through them and look to see what these celebrities are wearing like this is when Rachel Zoe which is a big mm-hmm. style she was you know she was with Lindsay Lohan and you know Paris Hilton mm-hmm. Nicole Richie all of them the, the girls from the hills like all mm-hmm. that when they would do the red carpets <laughs> and things like that I loved seeing it because mm-hmm. they would try all these different little trends out and it helped like really push the needle with style but something shifted a couple of years ago everybody to where doing the same thing everybody doing the same thing or the clothes ain't tailored right and it's just hanging off of them it doesn't look right or it's just where are you going mm-hmm. like that's not red carpet attire like I feel like when you go on a red carpet I want you to be it doesn't necessarily have to be like old Hollywood glam or anything like that but I want to go wow when mm-hmm. I see what you have on like mm-hmm. like I love <laughs> a low cut dress but it needs to be like something special about to make me go damn she yeah. looks fly and it's like a lot of stuff <laughs> I don't really like. What about Kim Kardashian style? Do you like some of the Kim? I wear? like old Kim. So old Kim. Like I'm what prob- year Kim? I'm probably one of the few people that actually likes the Kardashians. I like the Kardashians. Like, you I like some- pre Kanye Kim style. I like pre Kanye Kim. Like <laughs> I got like I got I got seasons one through three. Chloe and um who, who was no, Courtney Kim. is my favorite. Courtney and Kim take my amp. Like I have the no it was no it was Chloe and Courtney take my amp. Yes. Like. I have those DVDs at home. I got one of Kim's workout DVDs when she was doing Oh, you the, a real deal. Right. Like, I, I actually like the Kardashians. They're interesting to me, and I like them because people are always like, they're famous for nothing. And it's like, hmm. no, they're famous for, they're beautiful women, and they understand marketing and advertising and influence. Because you may not personally like them, but I, I remember somebody did a poll because um, there was an award that came up. It was about top influencers, and Kim won. And they mm-hmm. were like, do you feel like she should have won? They did a poll, and I was like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, you don't like Kim. But I remember when Kim first came on the scene, and everybody was like, who is this girl? Came out, she had started, she had a, people may not even, like, she has the app now, but she used to have a blog, like a real, and she was, it was like a real deal blog. And she used to always wear the dark shadow with the new lip. She had that good smoky eye, baby. Right. The the lip that she was wearing was Turkish Delight by NARS. They could not keep it in stock. Mm-hmm. Before they started making their own products, everything that they used to wear, the makeup and stuff, you wanted to know. Like, I remember there is a makeup artist slash photographer that they used to work with named Troy Jensen that he had a website in. They would always do editorials. Mm-hmm. I have a, 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 a folder at home that has these looks that I would print. I would print them out while I was at work. Uh, <laughs> because he would do a break. He would do all these different, like, makeup looks on Kim and a lot of other different celebrities. And I used to print it out because I wanted to know what product he was using, 
Um, I loved like some of the combinations that he was doing together. And so I got like a lot of inspiration, like when it came from, when it came to beauty and um, grooming and, and just fashion and things like yeah. that. And so with Kim, I liked Kim season, I'd say season two through season like three and a half to four because she was she was emulating J-Lo, which J-Lo is my girl. And mm-hmm. so her style was kind of like not ghetto glam, but it was just like fabulous. So yeah. it was like the long hair and like yeah. the, the jewelry and it's just accessorized. And I love that look. And even when she got with Kanye, um, she got a little bit sleeker during the time, but that was because he was working with um, one of the, the editors from French Vogue. It really wasn't him. It was her. Mm. And so Kim started trying a little bit more editorial styles, but I didn't like that they weren't getting everything tailored for her body. And so th- it's there's a difference between how a six-foot, 120-pound model looks and someone who is 5'3", 105 pounds, curvy, but curvy, curvy. she's curvy. It's going to look different, so you need to get it tailored to fit. You can still pull it off. It just needs to be tailored to fit your body. And so now with her doing everything that's Yeezy, I don't like that. You don't like Yeezy wear? No, because yeah. it just you, it's Me it like you just rolled out the bed in some jogging pants. And I'm like... Oh, yeah, it's just got holes in it and stuff like that. I was like, I don't under, I don't understand now this whole thing with everybody trying to look like they homeless. Right. It's like, why? Why don't you want to comb your hair? Why don't you want to? What is going on? What would you have on? ever thought Kim would support a brand like that? I know it's her husband, but I, I would thought she had some influence on him to make his brand look a little better. Right. Like, and it's like, but then that goes back to him. He doesn't really have the, the style that, now, some people, they do look, because, I mean, he, he continues to make it, and it's selling out, but I feel like people are doing it now because they consider Kanye, uh, you know, a geni- a musical genius, and mm. so it's more so of that and his brand, and because of what the old Kanye used to do when it came to art and culture and putting you to, onto all these things, that they're supporting him because of that, yeah. but it's like, that like Kanye is their dad. <laughs> like, I was like, if I see, I remember one at one point of time, um... He was wearing like the hats and like um, it was the it was the way it wasn't how he dressed now. Like he was a lot more polished and groomed, mm-hmm. and everybody was copying it. And I was like, "Baby, you ain't Kanye. Can you please yeah. get your own like you the can blazers? Pull, yeah, I remember like you that can Kanye. pull from celebrities um, to try trends out, but don't just completely copy what they're doing." What do you think about people that um, I guess have to have name brand high end everything? You can you can wear something name brand, but that still doesn't mean that you have good style and and, and taste. Like mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't mean anything. Like I've seen people that have things on and it's thrifted, and they have like the most impeccable style that you can mm-hmm. think of because you know it has its own look. It's they got it tailored to where it fits their body and just the way that they put things together. It made for an interesting, refreshing look, and that's a person that has great style versus a person telling me oh, you know, this is, you know, Prada, Gucci, whatever. Okay, but that ain't cute. Like, it's <laughs> right. stuff in the un, in the Gucci line that ain't cute that nobody would wear, but mm-hmm. you might want to get it just because it's Gucci. Not, it's a lot of that. Right, and it's like, that, it's, you still don't look good. It still ain't cute. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying. A lot of people are looking alike. Yes, you know? and I, it just is boring. A mm-hmm. lot of people's style is boring. It's like... I don't expect everybody to be, you know, some people may think that my style is boring, but my style is me. Mm-hmm. And so I look to other people. And so, like, for example, um, 
there's a blogger that I follow um, named Mumro Steele. Her blog is called Fashion Steel NYC. I like her style because she does a lot of um, global, like, kind of ethnic-inspired pieces mixed into, like, her everyday stuff. And one of the things that I like about her style was that she was always wearing statement earrings. And she was wearing, like, she could have on, like, a band tee, but she might have on, like, statement earrings and some cute little jeans or culottes. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And I kept seeing it. I was like, I really like her earrings. And I was like, statement earrings are kind of in right now. Let me try some out. And because typically in the morning when I'm getting dressed, I will I, I go for classic pieces. My style is classic with a twist. And so I would get my gold hoop earrings, my little gold necklace, my gold bracelet, my gold mm-hmm. rings. And, you know, I'll be good. But I would see her doing um, all these statement earrings. And I was like, let me try some out. And so mm-hmm. now I've. I mean, I have some on now, and I've mm-hmm. started to build, like, a little collection to kind of switch my look up. Take a just few a risks. Bit. Yeah, to try things out. Because, um, you know, it might work. It might not. But you won't know unless you try. Mm-hmm. Wow. Kim, you are such an inspiration. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just sitting here listening to you. And we first met uh, in person. Was at Cognac Cars and Cigars? Yes. And I was like, I want you on my podcast. <laughs> and you was like, okay. I was like, I got to get her on there. But I'm so glad that you're here because I've learned so much just in the, what, a little hour that we've been talking. I mean, I think that you are truly an inspiration. I want you to keep on inspiring all of these bloggers out here. Because like you said, we're a growing community Mm -hmm. of bloggers, right? So we have so much room for growth here. So I know that you are one of the major influencers to push that envelope here in Memphis. Now, what advice would you have for aspiring bloggers? For an aspiring blogger, Figure out who your audience is because that's first and foremost because you'll know who you're creating for. Figure out a posting schedule. Plan, 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 plan because anything can happen. And it's better for you to be able to have content already ready to go and you have other things that you need to deal with and all you have to do is just schedule it out and press a button versus you trying to have to stay up all night like gone are the days where you have to sit in front of your computer every evening or you do an outfit post every day you don't have to do that anymore um you do if you're the type that does like style posts do batch shooting and all that is is you pulling together at least three to four outfits Figure out a location that you can go to to where um, it's going to look a little different depending on where you like to go. Like for me, I love to shoot um, with my bloggers in Midtown and Downtown because depending on where you go, it looks like you, you're you in a completely different area. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we will go through neighborhoods and just pull over to the side of somebody's house because it fits with their outfit because you want it to make sense. Um, you like you don't want to necessarily have a ball gown on and you're in a field. Although some of those can be, you know, if it's just, if something like dramatic and dreamy and editorial. But... Um, do that because it makes it so much easier um, because if you're trying to create original content versus versus being a curator where you're pulling from other places, um, you're going to get to a point to where you're like, I need fresh photos. I need fresh photos. So if you plan it out and schedule a shoot with, whether it's, you know, you're hiring a photographer, um, like you can hire me for that. Uh, yes. <laughs> you need to get your outfits, show, shots done, hire me. Um KP Fusion. Right. <laughs> or, you know, if you like, you can't afford that right now, you don't have a, the budget, you know, find a friend, find a family member, somebody that can take out maybe in an hour or two, um, just so that you're not rushed and you like what you actually create. And go out and um, have fun and take, you know, take pictures and do that so that when you're ready, you can go ahead and get everything done, get your photos edited, get your blog posts written, you know, get your links and stuff in place. 
schedule it out and then you can walk away from it um and all you'll have to do is promote it once it goes live but you've moved on to working on something else and that's how you stay ahead of the game you heard miss kim thomas preaching to (laughs) y'all now kim how can everybody get in touch with you and see your blog um if you want to see my blog you can go to www.kpfusion it is kpfusion.com um, and you can follow me across all social media channels under kpfusion.com as well. If you have any questions or want to email me, it's Kimberly at kpfusion.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kim, for being my guest Thank on you so much episode for 25. Me. You're welcome. I'm going to have you back. Yeah. And I want to partner do. with you on some things coming up. Yes, so let's do it. Let's I am do it. really, really grateful that you came today. Thank you so much, Kim. <laughs>